Well, I want to thank you for coming this morning. There's two Sundays throughout the year that are notoriously low attendance, and uh, they come right after the two Sundays that have the highest attendance in the year, Christmas and Easter, the following weeks. Uh, on both of those are, are usually some of the lowest attendance of the year, which is usually why pastors are on vacation this week. So um, it's a good time to go. But we want to thank you for, for coming. What we have been doing over the last, uh, um, since Thanksgiving, since the beginning of the Advent season, what we have been doing is in a, being in a series that we were calling Unwrapping Christmas, where we're, we're taking some of the, the, the Christmas spirit things and, and uh, not telling you that, that they're bad, but we're just trying to remind ourselves what the foundation of that is. Where is it the, the peace that we that we pray for? Where, is, where does that come from? Where, where is that possible? Where does hope come from? Love, joy, all of those things are, are something to strive for and, and, and they're something that we want to have, but there's a place where they're possible. It's more than just a, a Christmas card. It's more than just a sentiment. It's more than just a passing uh, thing that we do during a certain season of time. We believe that those are found in a person named Jesus Christ. And, and so we've been trying to remind ourselves about that. And what I want to do, uh, we're going to wrap up this series um, this morning. And uh, what I wanted to do is, is, is just sort of talk about how, how much application does this have for us for, the, for every day of our, of our life. If, uh, if you're like most people, you uh, I, I know... Yesterday, about hit my limit. I, I don't think I can ingest another piece of English toffee or, or caramel or. I mean, I love that stuff, and that's the problem. And I have been engorging myself throughout the weekend. And, and about yesterday at five o'clock, I was like, oh, I gotta stop, or I'm gonna kill myself. And I think, I think that's probably where a lot of you are. You can only take so much ham, or, or. You know, Christmas cookies. There, there's only so much of that stuff you can you can ingest before it starts affecting how how you feel. And the other thing that happens to us is Christmas season gets sort of elongated for us, right? I mean, it started after Halloween is when they they start doing it. and then we have these we have these stations that play the 24-hour Christmas music and stuff and and it gets to the point where when we when we get to to the actual day of Christmas we're so sick of everything with that we just want it to be done with you know historically uh traditionally the church calendar that 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 uh, that we follow the way that a lot of that is, is Christmas season didn't even start until Christmas. You know the song, 12 Days of Christmas? We're, we are only now in Christmas season, officially Christian calendar-wise. And, and, and in the old days, you didn't sing Christmas carols until after Christmas. You didn't, you, you, you didn't put up the Christmas day, tree until the Christmas season. We had Advent, which was preparation. Then you have... Christmas, and then you follow that 12 days later with Epiphany, which is when you celebrate the, the wise men coming and all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm not going to give you a test on any of that, and we don't even really follow that very closely, but my point is 
that we get to this point in the, in, in the season and we are so sick of jingle bells and we are so sick of Christmas ham and we are so sick of Christmas cookies that we just are ready to pack it in. And my question uh, for us today is, how long does Christmas really last? How long are we supposed to, how, do we have to keep doing this stuff? It's sort of like what I was talking about with the kids this morning. You know, Santa came, I got my presents. He doesn't really start keeping track until about November. <laughs> At least that's the way I, I, I grew up convincing myself of that. So you, you don't have to really start behaving, and parents don't start pulling that gun out until, I mean, because there's only so, much, so many bullets you can fire from that gun. You know, you start that in January, by the time you get to December, they're like, yeah, you keep talking about this Christmas, I don't know what it is you speak of, I haven't seen it for a long time, but, but do we have to keep doing this stuff all, all the time? I mean, that, that's part of the problem with our, the, the way we celebrate Christmas in our, in our culture, and, and you know what, We're, the church is one of the worst places for it. Part of what we tried to do this year is change some of the traditions we had to make it not about us, but about what we were trying to do. One of my, one of my pet peeves is when, when Christian groups, you know, they take, we all have an openness towards giving and everything during this season. You start seeing it around Thanksgiving where, where uh, food banks and stuff, they st and nonprofits start seeing an increase in their giving until about January, and then they start going down, and then you hit about May, and it's down here. And I, the skeptical part of me says that the reason for that is that we feel so guilty about all the money we spend on ourselves over the holidays that we can assuage that guilt a little bit by, by buying a Barbie for somebody or, or giving them some clothes. And so we try to assuage our guilt. And, and sometimes the way we do things in churches sort of does that. Like we'll do an angel tree and, hey, go buy a bunch of Christmas presents for this family and then pat yourself on the back that you're such a good person because you spent some money. And so this year we tried to do that a little differently and we, we, we learned some things of how we can communicate that better for next year. But what we wanted to do was take away it being about us feeling good about what we did and make it about the people we were trying to serve. And so we didn't give you names. We didn't want you buying presents. We wanted you to think about what they might need beyond Christmas. We asked you to pray for them even though you didn't know them. We, want, we hope that you will continue to pray for them. We hope that as you came and you went and delivered to a family that now you have a face in mind and a family in mind that you can pray and lift up throughout the year. That's what we were hoping to, to do with that. As I said, well, we're, we're learning how we can communicate that better. But as... Is Christmas spirit really about just this one little shot we do every, every year? Or are we really supposed to be good all year? It's not is Santa watching, but is Christ's light shining? All these things that we've been talking about, all these, all these characteristics, love, hope, peace, joy, all these fruits of a relationship with God, are we just supposed to bear those one time a year or are they supposed to be a part of who we're becoming?
My suggestion to you is that we are supposed to, the hope is that we grow into these each and every day of our lives. The hope is that we demonstrate those in the way we live, in the way we, we work in the world. And we're going to take a look at a passage to, to help us with that. Uh, before you put it up there, Carly, let me just uh, give a setting. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews, uh, some people would argue this, but my understanding is Hebrews was written by Paul uh, to, uh, to make a connection between Jewish believers and this thing called Christianity that, that we are in. And if you, the Jewish believers, if you go back, read the Old Testament, how did, how did you connect with God? How, did you, how was there a bridge there? And it was through the sacrificial system. And if you wanted to connect with God, you brought a sacrifice, you gave it to the priest, who then on your behalf took it to the altar, and they burned it as a sign of, of sacrifice, burned it as a sign of, of giving over to God and, and hopes that God, the, the pleasing aroma of the sacrifice would please God and then he would he would extend his love and grace to you. That was Old Testament. Once Jesus came, what the whole book of Hebrews is about, and it's a, very, it's a hard book to read because it's very technical, a lot of theological weavings back and forth, but the whole book is about, you know what? You don't have to go to a priest anymore. You don't have to have a substitution for your sin anymore because number one you have a priest his name is Jesus he's the mediator between you and God you can be connected with him all the time you don't have to you know you don't have to find a, a priest to confess your sins to you can talk to God face to face through Jesus Christ so you have a you have a mediator you have a priest and number two you don't have to go get a sacrifice anymore because the sacrifice has been made on your behalf and the sacrifice is Jesus Christ. You don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to find a sacrifice because a per perfect sacrifice has been given. So you have this relationship that's a, that's a gift now. You have the mediator and you have the, you have the gift and it's yours. It's yours. So that's what the whole, whole book of Hebrews is about. And then in the last chapter, chapter 13, Paul starts to sum up. So in light of all of this, with, with everything we know, with this amazing gift that's been given, with this amazing grace that God has extended to us, without charge, how then should we live? How then should we live? In light of that, who should we be? And I could read the whole chapter to you, but I, I just picked out a couple verses which I think sort of... Um, give you the flavor of, of the entire chapter. It's uh, verses 15 and 16 and chapter 13 of Hebrews. It says, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus, that, that's crucial to this whole book, is the, the, the phrase through Jesus. That's, that's the secret to Christianity right there. Through Jesus. How do you become a better person? Through Jesus. How are your sins forgiven? Through Jesus. How do I have salvation? Through Jesus. How do I love my neighbor? Through Jesus. That, that's a key phrase in this whole entire book. That's a key phrase for how do you want to become a better Christian? How do I make, become a better Christian? Through Jesus. That's, that's, so, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. 
proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Let me read that again. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. What I was saying is, in the Old Testament, when you screwed up, or if you wanted to have a relationship with God, if you wanted to know, if you wanted to win God's favor, you brought a sacrifice. A dove, a, a, a goat, a ram, a fruit from your field, grain from your field, whatever it was, you brought it. You gave it to the priest. The priest took it to the altar, and it it burned itself up. Aroma rising to God. What this says is you no longer need to bring sacrifices. We no longer want symbols. Okay? That was a symbol. By burning up a dove or burning up a ram or burning up grain, did that actually do anything other than because God said, I'm going to accept this as a sacrifice? Did that do any good? Did it change anybody's life or anything? No, it was a, it was a God allowed it as a symbol to be a way to, to communicate to us. But he says, no longer do I want symbols. No longer do I want you to just visit the temple once a month, once a quarter, once a year. No longer do I want you to only come to me when you need something or want something. Because through Christ, because of what I've done for you, I want your life to be a continual sacrifice. A continual sacrifice. And I just want to talk to you about what that, that might mean because, you know, these are terms that we don't like in contemporary Christianity. And I'll, I'll just give you, I'll give you a hint. This is where we're heading in the next year. This is, where the, this is the transition we're making. We, we've spent the last fall talking about who we want to be, who we could be, who, who we would like to be in, in ministry to this community and around the world, who we would like to be. And then we went from that to how are we going to do it? And we're, we're going to continue to chase that out through the next year of, you know how it happens? It's not by magic, it's by sacrifice. Sacrifice, that's, that's an essential term in Christianity, but one we don't hear very much anymore. We're much more, we, we, like, the, we like the God who never makes me do anything I didn't want to do. You know? We, we like the God who, who we can rationalize with. Oh, well, would sort of inconvenience me, so certainly God wouldn't want me to do that. That's the God we like, the God of sacrifice. We, we don't like talking about that very much, but you know what? It's central to becoming a follower of him. In fact, Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, if you want to be my disciple, you must, you must pick up your cross, the ultimate sign of sacrifice for Jesus where he gave his life. You must pick up your cross daily and follow me. You must pick up your cross daily and follow 
It takes sacrifice. It takes effort. Here's, here's a picture I want you to think of. When you brought the sacrifice, you put it on the altar, and what did it do? It burned. It burned up. To me, the thing I think of when I think of being a continual sacrifice, it's allowing myself to be burned up for the glory of God. Allowing myself to be burned up for the glory of God. This, the, I get the image of this from John Wesley, who started the Methodist movement. He talked over and over again of an all-consuming fire, of a, of a heart warmed with the presence of of God, of a heart burned up with flames. One of the early Methodist uh, movement preachers, George Whitfield, uh, people would say of him, uh, he was uh, supposedly a fantastic preacher and people were always moved by him. And, and when he was asked to describe where he got his power from, he just said, God sets my, fire, my heart on fire and other people just come to watch me burn. Being a continual sacrifice is having that understanding of what God's done for us, of the amazing gift that we've been given, of allowing that to penetrate our heart with the passion and the desire and the fire of wanting to do something with it. I'm just hoping you're hearing in my word choice here. I'm not talking about comfortable Christianity. I'm not talking about Sunday Christians. I'm not talking about pat yourself on the back because you got up this morning. I'm talking about an all-consuming, life-changing relationship. That's what a continual sacrifice is. That each and every morning you wake up with the desire that God is going to set your heart on fire to change the world. And that you're going to go out and let it burn throughout the day. The imagery we've been using throughout this season is light. That's why we have Christmas lights, candles. Because Jesus is the light of the world. And he shines in a darkness. We are supposed to be the light of the world. Because Christ is in us, the light of Christ shines out of us into the world. We need to allow it to burn. We need to allow ourselves to burn so that people can see God's light within us. Be a continual sacrifice. It's not, it's not about doing something in the short term to make yourself feel better. It's not about um, doing things that get recognition. It's not about getting taxed right. It's, it's about allowing God to set you on fire so that you might burn before the world. You might say, well, what does that have to you know, you've always said there's only two, that Jesus summed up the whole law in two sentences. And you know what? It fits perfectly into this. What he says is, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you know, we've made that so we've lost all your heart, soul, mind. That's a continual sacrifice. And then the second part is love your neighbor as yourself. And what did, what did the second part of our, our verse say? Remember to do good. Remember to love those in need because this is the kind of sacrifice the Lord is pleased with. Do you know what it means to be a continual sacrifice? It means find people to serve. How do you serve an invisible God? You do it through His visible creation. 
How do you demonstrate your love for a God you can't see and walk with and, and, and physically hold his hand right now? How do, you, how do you demonstrate a love for him? You do it through his creation. He says, remember to do good. Remember to, to love others. Remember to find those people in need. I say this because this is, how the, this is what the church was created for. Not to, make our, not to give us a, ourselves a place to gather. Not to create a bunch of programs and Bibles. It's, the church is a vehicle to change the world. The church is a vehicle to, to end poverty. The church is a vehicle through which people's problems can be mended to. If the church was operating the way it, it should, we wouldn't need a welfare system. That's what the church is the vehicle to do, but we forget that. We make it about us. We make it about us being comfortable. We, make it, we don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to burn up. We'd rather sit by the fire with chestnuts roasting, eating our candy canes and English toffee and ham until we puke. But being a continual sacrifice, that's how we change the world. Let me give you a little hint. If you really want to help a nonprofit, and don't take me wrong, I, I'm, if those of you that volunteered for things throughout the holidays, it, I'm not demeaning that. All I'm telling you is that those people have those same needs in May, June, July, August, September. In fact, if you show up at a food bank in June, July, August, they're going to be shocked because people don't do that. They get this big hit at the end of the year and then they're suffering throughout the rest of the year. Because they don't have enough resources. That's why we tried to change from the present thing with Angel Tree. Because, wow, they get this big sugar high of, of Barbies and everything. And then two weeks later, they return to a school. And, and, and they, they're, they're back to not having even peanut butter sandwiches to eat. And their family situation hasn't changed. And they still are made fun of. because If we want to make a difference, we have to be a continual sacrifice what we're going to be talking about over the next year is how do we set ourselves on fire how do we set ourselves on fire what does it mean to pick up your cross and follow christ why don't you bow with me and let's pray together lord we uh once again, we want to thank you for your love. We want to thank you for how you have reached out to us. And, and God, how you've provided for us. You've given us. You've given us a bridge. You've given us a mediator, a priest in Jesus Christ. And you also provided the sacrifice, not just any sacrifice, but the ultimate sacrifice, the gift of your son, who was pure and blameless, perfect, And then, God, in light of that, you say, if you want to be a part of me, then we are supposed to offer ourselves. Would you help us to learn that word sacrifice? Would you help us to, to move out of comfort into service? 
move out of recognition into true giving. Move out of feeling good into doing right. We thank you that you didn't limit your gift to us to a season. We thank you that you didn't you didn't lose interest after a short period, but that you continually offer yourself to us, that your arms are always open to us. And God, that's, that's what we want to be. Would you light that fire of passion within us? Would you bring our hearts to flames? And God, give us the desire to go out and burn for the world. Pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ.